Yo, what's going on, everyone? It's Brian and Jim here. We're drinking beer and play a game, and welcome to our special Halloween episode. Woo! Jim, that was actually a pretty goddamn good ghost voice. Yeah. I, I have my random talents. My random useless abilities. <laughs> but yes, welcome to episode 87, everyone. The special spooky Halloween edition. Uh, I, If you noticed, I queued in lightning effect and a little bit of fog for us. <laughs> Jim, I'm going to have it raining dicks on you for that. <laughs> it's fair. One, one man's nightmare is another man's heaven. <laughs> Damn it. So, yeah, we, uh, as you notice, we already had a episode, episode 85 come out early, or 86, 86 came out, um, on Monday of this week, but we wanted to get this one out here, uh, try to get back on track because we were always about a week behind and after all it is Halloween, my favorite holiday of the year. So I figured I wanted to just talk with Jim about Halloween and horror related game things. Get we're it shitting out an extra spooky episode. edition. Yeah. Jim, I obviously known you a very long time, but I never really thought about it. You always get in the mood and get dressed up for Halloween. So you're not that like D-bag like those guys that like would refuse to get dressed up to go to Halloween parties. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, were you always into Halloween like as a kid? Yeah. I mean, I always dressed up. I always enjoyed Halloween. I don't. Did I ever have like. Maybe in my random middle teen years, like late high school, there'd be like Halloween parties where it's like we're just a bunch of friends would hang out and we want to dress up. But now, I mean, it almost seemed like a thing where like when you're in high school, you, you were too cool for it. But when it got back to like college and you're drinking at these parties and you're yeah. seeing girls with the hooters out, it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I should probably dress up in a costume for this. Yeah, no, but there was always those those I, I to me, they're the biggest dickheads where it's like. I'm too cool to dress up or it's like they put on a jersey they're like oh I'm a football player you know like I, that's that always I, the laziness yeah um I think the laziest it, I went was like one of the ones at the apartment where I just took bits and pieces from like five previous costumes and just put them all together <laughs> so I had like Mexican wrestler pants and like a random cape and like a ninja mask and all those kinds of shit but you did, you did always dress up, and you always, you do, you do usually have some pretty good costumes. So I'll give shit. You I should have called myself a thrift store for that one. Fuck, that would have been clever. <laughs> God damn, I need to go back in time twelve years. But granted, back then we weren't thrifting like you are now. No, I wasn't thrifting at all. I don't even think I knew yeah. what a thrift store was back then. <laughs> Until your addiction started. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well. Well, my you had other... current addiction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So, would you say it's your favorite holiday, or is that Christmas? <sighs> See, Christmas is a tough one because, like, I I love hate Christmas because I hate getting gifts and like the anxiety of like them opening it and probably hating it. But I do mm. like. I've only started to like Christmas again because of my kid, because yeah. you know the little one running around opening presents, being excited. That's that's the best part. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, the pure excitement from a kid is what really sells it. Right. Besides that, like, if I didn't have a kid, I could easily not have presents, presents given to me and if I meant I didn't have to give it to anyone else. But, yeah, the kid makes it good, so I do like Christmas. Um, yeah, I guess Halloween's my favorite, probably, just for most overall fun. I, that, I always look at it like that. It is the most carefree, fun, like... There's no expectation. The, the biggest expectation is if you did get in that point of like, oh shit, I still need a costume. Right. Outside of that, 
It's just pure fun. And even like Thanksgiving, as much as everyone may or may not love getting around with family, there's always like a big to do. You're either traveling or if you're the one hosting, it's like a bunch of bullshit. Rides and election year will be a great Thanksgiving. Oh, God. How many family fights are going to be started, Jim? Thank God for the coof. No one's getting together. It's perfect. Yeah, right. Everyone's getting together. That's Everyone's why it's spreading die. again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, um, it's funny. Other than people who may be, like, religious, I don't think I know anyone who hates Halloween. Um, yeah, I don't think I really know anyone either. Yeah. Like, what, what, what's the hate? Like, you either go to a party or you... I guess if you have no one, then you probably hate every holiday anyway. But even if you hate no, if you hate everyone, like, you just sit in your house, watch horror movies, and maybe give out candy, or you don't. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Halloween seems like a pretty tough one to uh, to crack there. Yeah. Would it crack down on, crack up on? I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, uh, for this spooky Halloween edition, what are you drinking tonight? Well, Brian, I am drinking... From our Ooh, good buddies at the, the Nitro. Yep. Wait, what's it on the back? Oh. No, I had that exact can. I, I had it at uh when you were here. Oh. Yep, the Southern King. The Southern King. God damn it. Southern Tier <laughs> Breweries. Pump King Nitro. Imperial Pumpkin Ale with a beefy 8.6% alcohol by mm-hmm. volume. I was just about to have that tonight, too. And I was like, you know what? No, let me switch it up. Oh, my God. Been beer been, buddies. It would have been like dressing up the same. And they would have had them made out. Jim, your your little spoon. No, I'm gonna be big spoon for once. <laughs> your little spoon. <laughs> it won't take long, and I'll still cry after. It'll be like it'll be like nothing's different. <laughs> so I'm um damn it, I'm finishing off my Trogues Master of Pumpkin. I said I really like that. I just have so many random pumpkin beers. I know I was gonna be repeating for today. Seven point five percent, a little bit spicier than the Pumpkin, um, but. Every most things from Trogues are pretty damn good, so I can't. Spicier than the Nitro or the Basic Pumpkin? Um, I'd say both. Like the Nitro to me was actually that was very. Uh, it's both spicy, but also like boozier than normal pumpkin. Yeah, and I felt like it was a bit. Um, I guess creamy is the best. There's something more like soda fountainy about it, but like, I, like yeah, that and like I felt like the vanilla was kicked up maybe a little bit. That tiddly bit. Yeah. So, are you sticking with just that, or do you have a different one for later? I am probably sticking with this tonight. Nice. I got a four-pack to blow through, so why not? Nice. Good choice. Yeah, that's usually most people's favorite pumpkin beer. That's almost always up there as one of the top. Now, Brian, speaking of seasonals, have you seen the influx of Christmas beers already going out there yet? Dude, the amount of Mad Elf and... Yeah, like, whatever version of Christmas beers. I'm like, it was bad enough you see that shit with decorations, but beer? Like, I know even you and I said, and I'm someone who's a big advocate of pumpkin beer, I used to get pissed when I would see that shit anywhere near August. I'm like, at least wait till, like, mid-September. But yeah, Christmas beer is already pushing out pumpkin beer. Just like if you go to Walmart or Target's, Christmas shit is pushing out the Halloween decorations two weeks ago so it's just it's insane i picked up two six packs already of mad elf no no i, I actually the uh the wegmans i was at didn't have it yet mm. but i did get um the merry monkey which i haven't seen yet i'm guessing that's new this year by victory 
and okay. some other one. I forget the name. I'll describe it whenever I drink it on here. Merry Monkey. I don't know if that... That sounds new. I think it's new. Drogues shit out... Or not Drogues. Victory shit out a lot of new monkey flavors this year. Well, yeah, like, you and they, I both they had, had, like, had Tart those. Monkey and yep. uh, some of the it other It was ones. a Sour Monkey, Twisted Monkey, Tart Monkey, and... Fuck, what was that fourth one? Well, it was Sour Monkey's that... been around forever, but... No, I know, I know but I'm, I'm thinking of that pack. Well, Golden, Golden um, Monkey? Was it Golden Monkey in there? I really liked that pack. That was a damn good twist on it. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, no, Victory usually does good, but I can't believe you already dipped into it, Jim. Well, we're there, and I'm just like, holy shit, there's Christmas beer already. And the wife's like, do you want some? I'm like, no, it's too early. She's like, just get some. And I went, okay. <laughs> Jim never takes, it doesn't matter what it is, the convincing for Jim is always that. Just ask him twice. No, I don't want to do it. Jim, come on. Nah. All right. um so i know we've talked in the past we gave our like ideal pairings of beer for thanksgiving and that time so are you starting your christmas beers like as soon as halloween's over and you're done with pumpkin no because i still have more pumpkin beers to kill off so Mm. once that's done then uh and actually i had to recently cancel my uh my craft beer box because i'm so backlogged on them like, I think I have two boxes <laughs> that I haven't touched yet. One's still on the way That after I just canceled it. So I have, like, three craft beer random boxes, a bunch of leftover pumpkin beers, and now I have all this Christmas beer. Um, I'm pretty stocked for a while. <laughs> Do you have any summer beers in there still? Uh, like summer styles? No, I think I'm pretty much done that. See, I'm bad with uh, going to that beer store around the corner from me. And obviously, the minimum I get is four or six packs. And I always save one because I'm like, all right, when I do the review, I want to take pictures, da-da-da-da-da. So I blast through all of them. But my bottom drawer, when you pull it out, is just filled with singles of all these random beers. I'm like, man, like, if it was more legal, I we could do, like, a giveaway of a specialty, like, thing. But, yeah, not taking that risk. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> nice. So, uh... You been playing anything to get you in the mood for Halloween, or are you still just bullshitting around with bullshit? <laughs> uh, very descriptive. Uh, no, I haven't really played any uh, Halloween games this week. The little bit of time I had... Actually, there's this game on Switch that I always go back to every couple months. It's called Nine Parchments. Yeah, I imagine, saw your tweet. Yeah, imagine Diablo with like twin stick like combat. So... You go level to level, just going through different waves of enemies, trying to get new gear, unlock new abilities for your character. It's a fun game. It's a nice one to dick around with. And I'm actually, I realize I'm almost done, like, a playthrough of it, so I just want to finally, like, finish that off for once and then move on to something else or eventually, if we do a video on it, go through it fresh. But, yeah, I'm just trying to plow through the end of that. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, you probably saw, well, maybe some of you did or didn't, but I released a video for, uh, six Halloween events in gaming, and the whole reason why I did that was Call of Duty released their Haunting of Verdangst, and I just been playing that because I'm trying to unlock all the, like, Halloween specialty items, and I actually just finished getting all of them today. Um, so that was my main playthrough. I did, like, only two or three games of Among Us, and I realized my patience with that game is going out the window. Like, we've been talking about that game, and now I'm at the point when I see, like, either one, voting times being at 120 seconds. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, why? 
And there's or, always that one person who like doesn't do anything, so it yes. takes the entire goddamn time. Yeah, that or when it's like so damn obvious that people are just voting like idiots or something. I'm just like, all right, I just my patience is gone for that game. I can't. I think I have to wait till we do it together or we get a group of friends or maybe do it with some some of you guys who are watching. We, we we've been floating around that idea of sending out code and just doing a, a room with you guys. Right. Maybe we'll finally do a Discord. Ah, discords. Don't like discords. I mean, I'm not monitoring that shit, but it makes group chats way easy. Yeah. Um, that, that, that goddamn discord can go to hell for all I care. I'm just going <laughs> to use it for one room. And then I did a little bit of a Dead by Daylight because they have a kind of Halloween thing. But outside of that, yeah, nothing, nothing new. I've been, what am I, six hours now into Doom Eternal? And that game is, yeah, it's crazy. I've never felt so, like, I don't know if you remember from Doom 2016, Jim, but when you basically, the game's formula is very simple. Do a little bit of exploring, introduce new enemies very slowly, then do waves. Right. Like, do small wave, small wave, small wave, gigantic wave. Right. Um, the formula is not changed at all, and it's like, you're just exhausted by size of some of these maps, and... I think you and I are about the same where I will over explore, especially since I have a map that shows me where the item is. So I'll spend so much time trying to get like an item just cause I can. Um, it's a, still just a really fun game, but yeah, some of those, whew, some of those parts you get down to like two health and you get that perfect glory kill. And then oh. you chain some things. You're like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yep. That is for goddamn sure. I remember yeah. those days. Yeah. This game, like I said, I think it is, it is better in 2016 because it's just everything 2016 did just better and a few more added things. So it's there a must go. play for you. Yeah, no, I definitely have to get around to that. It's one I definitely do want to play because I love 16 yeah. so goddamn much. Definitely need get, a counter for that. Get Game Pass, you son of a bitch. I'll get around to it. God just it. do it. <laughs> bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll get I'll get some twosins with the things and dozens. Touch it. Okay. <laughs> Damn it, no! <laughs> Wait, no, I jumped too early. I should have said no first. <laughs> Ruining my own gimmick here. <laughs> so, what uh, what we got from Patreon this week? Well, Bri, for as little as $2 a month, you can head on over to patreon.com. You know what? Restart that. Game. I was not energetic enough for you. Ah, oh, Jesus fuck. <laughs> well, Brian, go to patreon.com. Where for as little as 2 dollars a month you can ask a question that we will answer on each and every single one of these power hour podcasts is that better <laughs> i just want to see some effort jim no Goddamn. <laughs> it's been seven years i'm not starting now first up <laughs> this is actually a holdover from gamer astral because he's a he's a bit of a silly boy and he forgets to put his questions in <laughs> so he's double dipping this week craziest game theory you've ever heard before hmm. shit i should have looked at that earlier so i could have had one um, ooh, I could, oh, <laughs> um, I'll go with two, two of them, uh, and they're both Resident Evil. One was my asshole cousin telling me that you can go out the front door of the mansion yeah. in Resident Evil 1, um, but the second well-known one was that Resident Evil 5 was racist. That was one of those, like, the theory was thrown out there, and I'm like, what about all the other previous games? 
It, it was just a very, like, it, you know, it got debunked and whatever. But, yeah, that was, like, that was a pretty crazy theory. See, I'm trying to, like, differentiate between myths from theories because, like, an easy myth would have been, like, the Naked Sonya Code, which we've already talked yeah. about and I'm still cheesed about. But, theories. Well, Jim, aren't all myths really just theories that aren't proven? Possibly. Naked Sonya. That's my myth. <laughs> myth theory. Right? That is a good one. Yeah, I don't know many other... I like I, I know I've heard a ton of crazy ones before saying that, like, this character from this game is really related in this way to this character from a completely different franchise because of A and B, and it kind of makes sense. Like, anything okay. you can go down, like, a rabbit hole on, like, Reddit for it. Dumb shit like that. Like, there's uh... enough of them out there, but I'm just, like, not thinking of them right now. Okay. Hmm. But no, good question. I just wish I had a better answer. Yeah. But also from Astral for this week, what would it take for another video game crash like the one in the 80s? Do you see that happening anytime in the near future? Or is gaming here to stay for good? See, the 80s was so fragile because ultimately, like, Atari was the thing. And, like, the the consumer market was just so crazed for video games at the time that a big AAA title like that being produced as shittily as it was and as quickly as it did makes sense. We've seen AAA titles nowadays not do that hot, but there's so much other stuff out there that, I mean, there's really, honestly, the only way I see it is if, for some reason, Sony or Xbox fails, Nintendo really just goes to handheld, and then one of those main main companies really shits the bed. Which is really far-fetched and it would never happen. So I don't see it ever happening because there's so much available for so many people. Um, yeah, there's really nothing I can think of that would ever crash it like that again. Unless yeah, all digital content got erased. That's yeah. the only, that would be the only way. <laughs> ah, sell it all to Tencent and then China fucks us. Yeah, there but, you uh, go. Yeah, I can't. I yeah. The answer to the second part first. I don't see it ever happening again to that extent because, like in the eighties, video gaming was like. If I could use like a more modern analogy, all of video gaming in the eighties and seventies was kind of like what Guitar Hero was in the twenty tens, where it was like a big time fad and it got overindulged and there was just way too much and a lot of the quality just went to shit after a while and people stopped caring. So. Like there's like you said, there's so much with video gaming these days that it's too ingrained, I think, to like really fail like that anymore. Yeah. Not to say it, was... it can't happen in the future because all media kind of cycles out eventually in one way or another. But yeah, I think it's kind of here to stay. Jim, tell that to the people who collect vinyl because it's so cool. What vinyl's <laughs> back, Bri? With the vengeance. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Bri, I... we have the people who collect tapes now too. I know. That's a whole thing. And I still have a whole bunch of them. So I'll gladly sell them my old uh, Woomp There It Is cassette for a crazy <laughs> markup. I'm still, I'm still cheese. My uh, Cypress Hill Black Sunday got chewed up by my <laughs> car radio. God damn, did I play that tape all the time. I had like yep. five tapes in my car, my first car. They all got beat to shit. I still have uh, Snoop Dogg Doggy Style. <laughs> nice. Yeah, what did I have? I had like Black Sabbath Paranoid, Van Halen's first album. Cypress Hill, Faith No More's first album, and something else. I forget the other one. I uh, I do think the one thing that <clears throat> our generation, well, at least me, I don't know if you did it, but between cassette tapes and videotapes, that was a like a small 
bachelor's or associate style class in editing because you're trying to get your favorite shit on it and like you're rewinding you're recording i don't know if you did that with the vhs's and the cassette tapes but i i mean i would like string together like oh gotta cut the commercial gotta get here gotta da da well brian <laughs> See, kids today they'll never know of two lost arts lost art the first listening to a radio with the dj saying oh this song you like is gonna be coming up soon and putting your blank disc or your blank tape into the tape deck and just waiting to hit record as soon as you hear that first note and trying to catch as much of it as you can mm-hmm. lost art number two finding your, <laughs> I parents, know where you're going. finding your parents porno video and learning how to time the rewind to almost the exact microsecond Oh, see, you off. went there. See, and I it's always, funny, I always rebound back in place. Got somehow by the grace of God, none of them ever fucking broke into VCR. So here, here's the deal. You did that, and I forgot you grew up with the hot box, so you already had a lot of stuff. No, I had stuff available, but there was also the convenience of find, just like gold of finding the stash. So I was the type where I would, you know, from all the late night. Showtime, Skinamax, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. You'd find movies and you'd be like, oh, I remember there's this scene in this movie. <laughs> and I'd have to record that. So basically, I have I had the tapes that were basically the best ofs, if you will, from all those. Boner James 94. It legitimately was. But the trick with that is, as you're pointing out, there'd be a wrestlemania before it and my parents would never be watching through a whole wrestling videotape so i could just rewind to the beginning they'd say oh it's wrestlemania 13 i'm not gonna watch this and sure enough halfway through the event like what is this (laughs) yeah oh my god vader's got boobies (laughs) yeah the editing learned in that i think is uh what's how people of our age appreciate like youtube and editing software in general True. We had to make do, goddammit. Yeah. But no, good question. <laughs> Very good question. <laughs> Next up, uh, from Game Whisperer Dean. What are your thoughts on the Game Gear Mini? Uh, if you covered this, please ignore us. I have a few podcasts to catch up with. Eh, it's no problem. We'll talk about it. We touched on it briefly before, um, but that was before they actually came out. And yeah. from what I'm hearing from people, they're cute. They're really small. The screen on them is smaller than a VMU, if you can believe that. So, to me, it's still, like, beyond, like, a niche kind of little thing. It's almost, like, it's just it's just not practical. It's a thing that I would maybe make a video on and then never touch again. So, even I was like, I'll pass on 50 bucks a pop. Yeah, terribly designed. I like the idea of any mini console if it gives you a bunch of games you don't want to go out and collect for. But as Jim just said, I have no interest in collecting that thing. Like, it's so in- unusable for me. It, it's it, it's a shame. I wish they came out with a more legit full size at a more reasonable price that I'd be willing to pay. So, yeah, yeah like, if it was like I'm 30, never touching it. If it was like 30 bucks, I maybe would have gone for one of the games I liked the most. But at 50 and, I mean, right, they weren't made for Americans. They were made for the Japanese. And as a people, <laughs> they're Susmo. <laughs> well that's honestly when i i saw that thing i just thought like the a like all the movies and and commercials and and tv shows of a bunch of little asian girls like playing that game like he like like you know like there's no way our asses are sitting there as we're drunk like fumbling our big ass thumbs all over that fucking thing. great goddamn <laughs> fucking <troll. laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. So you want to talk about breaking shit, mad Jesus. Oh, dude. Yeah, I would break that. Oh. No, it's cute, but like, it also like you've already seen not really save so much scalping, but in Japan there's a a collection for all the Alest games from the like the Mark Three or the SG One Thousand all the way up through the Game Gear and shit like that. So that's Mushin, Super Alest, and. The games, if, if you don't know what that series is. It's a shmup series. I, so yeah, the, I don't know anything you just said. Right. That's fine. So, it's a shmup series. It's been going on for a long time. Hasn't been around in a while. There's a collection coming out. Coming from Japan only, the physical. And there's a collector's edition. So, the standard edition box for Switch or PS4 was like 50 bucks. Comes with all the games. Fine. There's a collector's edition for 150 goddamn dollars before shipping. That comes with the game a micro one of those little micro game gears with maybe one or two of the celeste or celeste uh, less games on it and like the bigger screen attachment like the old game gear used to have Mm. the big screen boy but like at that point that's a hundred dollar markup for basically one of those game gear micros like i get it's limited but like what the fuck what does and if you don't know just say i don't know but what would like just finding a game gear that's in working condition cost you these days. Maybe like 50-ish. See, the problem is finding one in good condition because the capacitors in them are dog shit. So, uh. like, I, I, like, my carry case and game gear when I got it like four years ago, like, I got a game gear, the rechargeable batteries, and like 13 games in a case. It was 50 bucks, but the game gear is shit. And then I eventually had found another deal where it was like I got a Genesis and a carry case and like a Game Gear came with it and that Game Gear was also broken. And then mm. you see other random Game Gear. Like Game Gear lots are always like 50 bucks. They might come with a case and a couple games, but the Game Gear is always broken. So like if yeah. you want to buy one that's working, they're always like recapped by people. So And they might have a screen replacement. So then you're paying 150 bucks. So you're mm. either paying 50 bucks with a bunch of shit for a broken one or 150 for a working one. There's like no in between, really. Okay. Unless you so, like, get, yeah. unless you get really lucky and you like get a deal on one that still works, but even then the screens are going to shit over time. So, game game gear is yeah. tricky. That then that I mean that's a tough one, and to me that just screams that there should be a market for just a legit like. Here's my question: If there if that thing was designed so poorly, and I'm not saying it was, I'm saying if it's it so was. obvious, why not just re-release it with the fixed parts? I I would I mean. The problem is going to be it's not going to be it's not going to be enough of a seller probably. Like I don't think yeah. there's enough people in the world who are going to buy like a new model mini Game Gear kind of thing. That's probably sure. the reason why most things don't have even attachments to play it. Like the Genesis never had a dedicated Game Gear adapter. Um, there's an adapter for the Retron that you can get that also does a couple other things. Yeah. And the uh, the Analog Pocket has a attachment to put in Game Gear games, but that's really about it. Like, I wish it got more love, because I would love to be able to, like, easily play my games that I have for it, but I can't, so. I think the easy solution there is, as we talked about with Sega and making terrible decisions, would be do the Game Gear Mini, but do it like the exact thing of their regular Game Gear, maybe make the screen a little bigger, a little sleeker, make it smaller, and just automatically emulate all, like, X amount of Genesis games in it, too. Yeah, that would be cool. Like, do a legit Game Gear Mini that's, like, the size of a Super NES cart with, like, a usable screen, and it comes with, like, 20, 30 games or whatever. Yep, exactly. Yeah, See, Sega, cool. I'm fixing your shit for you. <laughs> but, no, good question. 
Next up, from G to the next level. With mini consoles being in the buzz again, speaking of minis, would you guys like to see a ColecoVision or Intellivision mini? And if so, would you like to see from them? Well, you have an Intellivision. No, I have a ColecoVision. No, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, you have a ColecoVision. So I'm just going to say no. Um, (laughs) Because here's the deal. They're... As much as Jim likes to shit on and make fun of, like, the UK systems, like, Amigas and ZX, like, I actually like some of the games that were offered on them, and I kind of wish I got to play them. I don't have that same feeling with Intellivision or ColecoVision. And, like, I, I think the the nostalgia, the fun, the goofy, this is so bad, it's funny, comes from actually trying to play that ColecoVision. Like, when I went to Jim's and was playing through some of those games... Just holding that controller and how goofy it was, that's part of its charm. But the games, like, I don't care how well they, you, I don't care what kind of good control you give me. I don't give two shits about playing Smurfs and all that other bullshit. Well, Smurfs Smurfs in general isn't a good game. But there's not a lot of, quote unquote, good. Like, if there was a few really crazy standouts, I was like, oh man, this would really be worth it. But they're not going to release any mini system below a fifty or sixty dollar markup, and I'm never going to pay that much for that. Even if they combined both systems and did the best of both, I personally would not do that. Yeah, see, the um, I actually really do like my ColecoVision. The only problem with it is getting it to fucking work, and the only alternative out there is there's this thing called the ColecoVision Phoenix, which is an FPGA console, but. I get it was made with love, and you can, you know, emulate, you know, put a card in there and play Atari games, but I'm not paying 250 goddamn dollars for a ColecoVision HDMI system. That's just not happening. So, like, I would, they actually, I want to say either the early 2010s or the late 2000s, they actually had ColecoVision and Intellivision uh, flashbacks, one of each, and... From I actually I was looking around a while ago for the ColecoVision one, but like the game library on it wasn't even that impressive for me. And eBay, you're paying like fifty bucks minimum. And the Intellivision, anything I've ever played, like Intellivision's weird because that's like the in between of the Atari and the Coleco. So the Atari has its charm because it's ultra simple in the classic games. Coleco has its charm because it's like it has its own good games and classic games, but like their the graphics are just so much better. The Intellivision's like the weird in between. So, like, I never feel like I have to go out of my way to play Astro Smash or any Intellivision version of any game I could play anywhere else. So, yeah, Intellivision, I really don't have any interest in. And uh, I would like to see ColecoVision 1. But then you got to get licenses from Sega for some of their good games. Like, Sub Rock is one of my favorite games in the ColecoVision, but that was made by Sega. Uh, War Games, again, I've talked about that before. I'd love to see that, but. You'd have to have the goofy controller. You couldn't have some kind of other bullshit. Um, like, Buck Rogers is a cool shooter. Carnival, I never really liked that much. You wouldn't be able I to mean, have... I mean, pull, you're pulling at strings here, Jim. No, I mean, you wouldn't be able to have any of the cool roller controller games, so you couldn't have, like, Slither or Omega Race and shit like that. So, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be practical. Would I like to see a ColecoVision one with, like, a list of games I would want? Sure. But would it ever come out to be practical? No. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, those systems, just, yeah. I, I For me, no. Jim, if he didn't buy the Coleco complete in-box set from that place, 
he wouldn't feel the same way. No, I wouldn't. But then I would have never had experienced it in general anyway. Like, by actually playing it, not just because I bought it, but just by playing through the games, I was like, man, these really are surprisingly fun. But the controller is absolute dog shit. Caveat to everything Jim just said. Little asterisks. He likes the rings in Superman 64. Hey, just saying that. I, I just have to. Fun. Like, hey, Jim, rings are fun. Jim, Jim, Jim tell me the thing. They gave you my ass opinion. Did rings I say? That, did, did I actually say it was negative? I'm letting the you people You were calling decide. into question my taste. <laughs> Jim, if you're on the stand and it was a character, you're a char- you know, I'm establishing your character. I just need to let the people know. This is this is what we're dealing Experience with. Experience this character right here. <laughs> Small character. <laughs> all, all insignificant size and duration. <laughs> but no, good question, G. And Thanks, last G. up from Eric, Alex Perez. What game or games on the NES, Super NES, and or Genesis would you have liked to have seen on a sequel to one of these, or sequel to on said systems? What? Wait. So what game I on think he NES... fat-fingered the question a little bit, but... So, what I've, game from the NES, SNES, or Genesis would you have liked to have seen a sequel to on said systems? Okay, so... Okay. Yeah, games that didn't have didn't a sequel a on the sequel. console that they came out on. Harumph. Um, I mean, I feel like we've danced around some of these questions before, where people have said, like, hey, what series never got a continuation from that generation? Right. Um. Hmm. Like, I, I can go for a couple, but just right behind me. No, like, go ahead. I would have liked to have seen another General Chaos. That would have been cool. Um, another Herzog's Y, like, further down the line with more updated graphics. Ugh. That would have been cool. Ugh. Don't you ugh me. Jim, it's just another shmup. Herzog's Y is not a shmup. It is a real-time strategy game. Yeah, it's a shmup. It is not a shmup. <laughs> Choking on your filth over here. Um, um hmm. For me, I'm going to go with the ones I always say with this answer. I would have liked seeing a follow-up for Comic Zone. I would like to see a follow-up for uh, The Haunting. And a proper follow-up to Streets of Rage 2. <clears throat> <laughs> right, so let me, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do one for each console. So for the NES, I would have liked to have seen a follow-up to, I'll say Guardian Legend. And that is a shmup, actually. Um, for the Genesis, I'll go with another... I'll, I'll just stick to General Chaos. And for Super NES, game that didn't have a sequel... You know what? Or no, I'll go with one that did have a sequel, but I'd like to see a good sequel. And I'll, I would have liked to have seen, like, an ActRaiser 3 that was more like the ActRaiser 1, and not like what they did with ActRaiser 2. So kind of like my answer for Street Rage 3 not being the shit it was? Like with good sound, better gameplay, not as bullshit. Good, as the best gameplay, just just too <laughs> and, hard. And and not uh, stupid characters like a kangaroo and a guy that, with a robot arm. You do not talk about Rue that way, you goddamn monster. <laughs> Neither of them are Max. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> now, good question, but I think the problem is so many of the best games ultimately got sequels. For the most part. Like, it would have been cool to have seen, like, a late stage, like, F-Zero for the Super NES. Yeah. Because, like, the first F-Zero was a launch game, so, like, one that they actually put a lot of development into would have been kind of cool. True. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. But, no, um, good question. I like that. Thanks, bud. Yep, and that rounds out the Patreon questions for this week. 
So, once again, uh, patreon.com, drinkandbearplaygame, where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask a question just like these wonderful patrons we have. You can ask us for our opinions on things. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. <laughs> also, if you've enjoyed the podcast so far, make sure to hit that follow button on your podcast subscription service of choice. Brian, I'm trying to whore us to get us more followers. I know, Jim. That's not subtle enough. <laughs> Brian, you think it's subtle like, enough? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Leave comments, like, leave reviews, for the love of God, please. Well, well, what was that? Was it The Simpsons? I'm sure it was The Simpsons, but he's like, yeah, it's, there's this subliminal messaging. Join the army. Hey, you, join. Oh, super liminal, super liminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you, hit subscribe. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um. So, in keeping with what I said at the beginning. And Bri, it was join the Navy, Yvonne Netanyahu. That's right. I couldn't. Re- I could not remember. I knew it was one of those, but my Sif- my Simpsons referencing abilities have gone downhill significantly. I'll say that. Ah, you poor soul. Got to have a little binge on Hulu for you. I my problem is I just. Oh wait, no, they're on Disney Plus now because Disney just yeah, went like Oop, money. Exactly. Well, you have um, it. I do. So stop bitching. I'm gonna. I don't know who's bitching. Who's not bitching? I'm not bitching. You bitching? I'm not bitching. Who's bitching? You bitching? <laughs> Jim, all you do is bitch. That's good. Bitch. It's true. <laughs> uh, so that so I want to focus a few questions and a few things around. Well, Brian, before we start, I need another beer. All right. So while Jim pours his second pumpkin, pumpkin, so uh, thick. I'm not even gonna take the bait with that one, Jim. Damn. Uh, the Nishamni Creek Punkless Dunkel. It was one I talked about a while ago, and this was the first pumpkin gear, beer I got this season. Um. This is a pumpkin wheat beer, as you can tell. Dark as hell, but it's also very, very cloudy, like most unfiltered wheat, wheat beers are. Lots and lots of flavor, and it doesn't taste like your atypical pumpkin beer, so not a bad one to try. I think it comes, oh, 8.8%, so Ooh. that's a that's a strong boy for a pumpkin beer. That's <laughs> nice hit a ball. Jim. Why is there always a lisp with your characters? Lisp? Yeah. <laughs> There's things with my characters. <laughs> there is. <laughs> we only have two characters. Oh, so, I know, Jim. Oh, I know. Special and ghost. Woo! Halloween episode! <laughs> Alright, so the, this topic is very open-ended. We've answered it here and there. Um, but in broad strokes, what are your favorite personal... And I'm kind of thinking like generation to generation. What are your favorite horror franchises that have always stuck with you? Not necessarily ones you always go back to, but when you think horror games. So if we hit the major eras, you know, start with Atari. I know we could count others, but what's your, I mean, honestly, from that. I mean, it's got to be just like Haunted House for the most part. I was there with you, and then I did that stream of the different atari horror games like halloween and texas chainsaw massacre i know it wouldn't have been practical for anyone to play those back in the day um so now i have it and you know they have aliens and ghostbusters so there are other and like berserk is sometimes considered a horror Uh, yeah yeah kind of you get that like little digitized voice it's kind of creepy yeah in those dark alleyways but yeah haunted house is what everyone thinks of with that one yeah, I never played the uh, like Texas Chainsaw or what's the other one, Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween. That's right. Yep. And those are actually like 
balls expensive now. Like the actual cards for oh, them. Oh, dude. Yeah, they were one fifty back in oh nine, oh eight. So I yeah, don't know. Yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. They are interesting because they set the tone for why I think it was so uh, censored, I'll say, for a while. Like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre tried to be, like, you play as a killer and you decapitate and tear apart these poor teenage girls. Um, and even in, in Halloween, you get to see a kid get decapitated. Or as you play as the person you are, if you get hit, you're decapitated. So they were actually... I would almost argue, comparatively, depending on what you think of the NES horror games, they're way more violent in that respect. Just those two games specifically. Oh yeah, no, they're they're violent as shit. Yeah, the Atari, the Atari didn't give no fucks. This is true. That's why they had all those porn games. God damn, right they did. <laughs> Jim's still going back to uh, Custer's Revenge. No, no, I'm more of a beat him and eat him kind of guy. Damn it. Of course you are. <laughs> you couldn't even give the Philly Flasher. You had to go beat him and eat him. Gotta, gotta spread <laughs> that seed, Brian. Damn it. <laughs> Open up, you godless wimp. <laughs> All right, so NES outside of Castlevania. What are you thinking? Like, I want to say just because of us going through it, probably Splatterhouse, Juan Paco Graffiti. Because, uh-huh. like, again, I didn't grow up with an NES, so, like, I have no nostalgia for it. So anything I'm going to say is going to be what I've experienced since we pretty much started the page. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it isn't going to be Castlevania, it's probably going to be that Splatterhouse game. So there was that one random Frankenstein game. and I, I forget what it was called, but it was, like, a Castlevania kind of clone. Um, and then I have, like... Is it called Werewolf or Warwolf? Oh, yeah, there is that Werewolf game. That's like that crazy like action platformer game. Yeah, it's Werewolf the Last Warrior right here. That's that's it. Yeah, so I forget where I got that. Um, I would love to get Samurai Zombie Revenge, but that's like a $1,000 game, so that's not happening. Emulate! Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> and then obviously Ghosts and Goblins, but... Fuck you- that game. Fuck that goddamn game. Yeah, there's no point of playing... Like, here's the deal. When I think of a horror game, you have to appreciate the horror. And in that game, you don't give two shits about what's actually... You're fighting at all because you're it's too goddamn hard. Yeah. Um, but, no, when you said Wimpaku Graffiti, I think of that and I also think Sweet Home. Basically, the Resident grandfather... Resident, yeah. yeah, like, I'm pissed that the Famicom got... I, and I'm sure maybe there was other ones, but <clears throat> those are two that I was always like, damn, NES guy really screwed on that. Yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, you can buy repro cards now without a translated and shit sure. like that. But. So then the 16-bit era, you know, obviously with the Genesis, you can go Splatterhouse for sure. You can go... I, I go Zombies Ain't My Neighbors. That was a huge part of my childhood. Yeah, and that, yeah, that definitely splits. Um... What else? So, I think Splatterhouse. I think Zombies Ain't My Neighbors. Haunting. I, I think Haunting from the Super NES. There wasn't a ton except Clock Tower, but once again, that was a Japanese import. And I only know it because I'm playing it now. Um, uh, I mean, you have Ghouls and Ghosts and Super Ghouls and Ghosts on both of those systems. And obviously the Castlevania. And that's a, way, that's a way more fair game, so yep. you can go with and them. 
and Castlevania 4, like I said, still my favorite Castlevania um, from a Super NES. I mean, but, NES, you had also shit like Monster in My Pocket and... Uh, Monster Party, too. Monster Party, yep. But, so it's like, all, I felt like all those leading up to the next gen, there's... Fifth gen all, is when it really got scary. Like, no, there was, yes, like, that's truly my point. scary until then. Like, I don't know if being a kid playing Sweet Home, if I would have felt like that was scary. Like, I feel like that would have been probably the closest to being like, oh, shit. Whereas even the Castlevanias, they were horror settings, gothic settings. But they were, once again, kind of like ghouls and ghosts or ghouls and goblins. Like, they were so hard that you weren't so focused on the atmosphere. Now, would you be throwing Doom into that uh, timeline as well? so that's like the pc doom is one i always kind of i look at that the same way i look at like the movie seven is that a horror movie or is that just a thriller like is doom a horror game or is it just an action game like it's horrific but it's so goddamn action like holy shit i don't know what to call it like i i feel like it i'm one of those people i'm very loosey-goosey like i'll just say sure it's a horror game whatever but i know some very hardcore like it's not hard because da 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 da. Like you never feel like you don't have a weapon to deal with your enemies there. Right. So, yeah, but Doom. I mean, yeah, you could go P- now PC all day. I feel like the timeline of PC is so weird because Seventh PC- Guest, Alone in the Dark, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Yep, uh, Phantasmagoria, like yep. all those. Now those, yeah, I would have been shitting my pants as a kid playing them. Um, but unfortunately, my PC playing games was reserved for DOS games, so I started with Duke Nukem and a lot of very early games like that. I had Arthur's Teacher Trouble. <laughs> Jim, it explains so much. You probably thought it was charming. Kind of cute. <laughs> you son right. of a bitch. Right, if you hit the paper airplane, it flies around the room. You son of a bitch. Um... Yeah, the next gen, obviously, PlayStation and N64 and all that. That's really, and really PlayStation. It's once you got into Alone in the Dark, Resident Evils, Dino Christ, basically that whole style. Silent Hill, Overblood. Yeah. Yeah, all the random knockoffs and shit like that. Even, like, even other games. Well, I mean, well, that's the next topic, too. Like, non- Yep, exactly. But, yeah, so... I feel like the PlayStation is, or that generation, is that just called 64-bit? Uh, 32-64, it's the 5th gen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that set the tone for what horror games should be, and I think the torch was carried very well moving forward. I mean, PlayStation 2, you just had basically all the games established previously, and then I feel like, what was oh, that? You know what? There, there was a drop-off. What? That drop that drop off was the seventh gen. You think you think it was really drop because with seventh gen, I feel like you had other games that came forward like um, oh, what the fuck is that one we just talked about with uh, Condemned? You had um, you had like a few random first persons. They never hit the heights like the other ones, but you had Left for Dead. You had, you know, that was a time of PC I would look at and say... Call of Duty Zombies became a thing? Yeah, like, they weren't as pure horror because that was also a time when that, that, the Resident Evils also- and Silent Hill started going downhill and going more action or goofy, if you will. 
Right. And we like so there weren't any down- more clock towers and there weren't any more of the all know, the standards. Like, yeah, it like, seemed like straight horror took a backseat until like the indie scene like came in at the very like ass end or like the early eighth gen. Yeah. Like I, I actually attribute the real resurgence of horror games in the later gens with like Five Nights Slender- at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's, Slender Man, um, you know, games like that, like you're saying, the indie. F- fucking memes. Stuff. Memes brought it back. True. But those games legit playing them, you you got a little freaked out. They were you cheap jump, jump scares. scares. Yep. But you know what? They did the job. Resident Evil turned around, said, Here's Resident Evil Seven. Oh, Silent Hill gave PT, which apparently is still one of the greatest horror games ever, even though nobody can fucking play it. Um, yeah, so I feel like there's a nice resurgence, and now there's plenty of horror games. Like I said, PS4, Until Dawn being the game it was. So, I'm curious to see, is the next gen just going to keep, and when's the next dip? Is it going to be in two generations, when maybe it goes, once again, more action-oriented, or more goofy? I don't know. It's kind of tough. I want to see, like, another... Not to say triple A, but like another big name horror franchise just happen and take off. Like yeah. we really haven't had a Silent Hill or Re- like really the only big horror franchise is Silent is Resident Evil that's left. Like everything else is either kind of niche or it had like a one and done, maybe a second game, but like it was never like a huge thing. Like Outlast was never huge. Um, well, Outlast one was Outlast two. I kind of shit the bed. Yeah, there was that, like, game, like, what was that called? Like, Pain, or... It came out, like, a year or two ago. It was apparently, like, really bad. But it was, like, you're set in hell. It was, like, this whole... Oh, hell. Agony. Agony, like, yeah. Yeah, I started playing through that, and that was one... Uh, I just... Yeah, that game was rough. Um, there are... Unfortunately, there's lots of, lots of shit. Just, like, horror movies in general. Like... This, I feel like the horror movie industry and horror game industry definitely feed off each other. And I and unfortunately, there's an influx of bad horror games. And you do look to sometimes these indie developers. But you aren't wrong. The, I, I think the closest thing to an ongoing franchise is Dead Rising. You know, that had... I mean, that's, that still, that's not still around, though. I mean, with this generation, it was a launch title with Dead Rising 4, and it did really well. Oh, you know, I'm fucking. You know what? I'm thinking of Dead Island for whatever reason. Oh, okay. Now, yeah, I mean, well, but even then, we haven't seen a Dead Rising in a long ass time. But yeah, well, that was a launch title. Dying Light, which was just a spinoff of spin Dead off. Island. Yeah. That got a huge praise, um, which I don't know if I really agreed with myself. Well, I heard that one, like, you have to play. That's one of those ones you have to play for 10 hours before it's fun. So I'm just like, well, I guess I'm never touching that. That was one of the ones I ran from the library. I have about 15 hours of footage, and I returned it, and I said, I'm good. I don't need to get it again. Yeah. Because of kind of what you're saying. Um, But, no, I'm the same way as you. Like, I want to know what is going to be the next that sticks around horror franchise. Yeah, I mean, like, you have, like, Bloodstained, which is, like, that spiritual successor to Castlevania. And that's getting its next game, so... But it's not ever going to hit the heights. Right, it's not going to hit those heights. Um, I yeah, mean, you I, could I, almost count the... the it, it jumped around so much, but, like, you know, Dark Souls that turned yeah. into Bloodborne, that 
Dark Souls 3, like... And Bloodborne's more, like, horror than the other ones. Yeah. And then there's, um, the people who made Until Dawn, and they just made Made of Skier, and a few others. Like, they have a whole series of games that are kind of based on that engine. Um, but, like, they're not hitting anywhere close to heights, the same way we're saying. So, I, I would love, like, and I, and my guess is... It's going to be with technology, and it's going to be when VR is much more with everyone. That's when you'll see whatever the next big thing will be. Yeah, what the... Ah, fuck. What was the, um... What was the horror game that had its, like, spinoff on VR, Sony VR? It was, like, a rail shooter. Oh, that was was Until Dawn. That's right, yeah. Yep. But now I hear Resident Evil 7 in VR just is pure pants shittery, so... That's that's the market right there. That's what you gotta hit. Yeah. So, just yeah, has somebody to has to come more. there. I mean, for a while there, like, everyone was copying Silent Hill PT. Like, you had Layers of Fear. Resident Evil had... 7 was a copy, kind of. Exactly. Like, yeah. But that idea of, like, you're not ever going to actually fight things, but you're just seeing shit over and over. Like, that idea seemed to grasp for a few years, and now it's kind of fizzled out. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what comes next, but... It is interesting and a very, very brief idea of how we're explaining the horror games. There's only been like a handful, like two or three generations that were really, really big on horror, yet it's such an impactful genre in general. Yeah, and that's always like the genre where there's like, oh, there's no money in horror, but then Resident Evil <laughs> just keeps selling and selling. Like, <laughs> the fuck? It's like the Marvel of horror. <laughs> yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's sold how goddamn many copies. People would love to have a Left 4 Dead 3, but goddamn Valve is allergic to the number 3, so. Dude. Yeah, Valve. Don't even get me started. So, yeah, let us us know below, though. You know, in general, what are some of your favorite franchises from generation to generation, specifically horror games? Um, Moving on, though, it's another... I just did a video on this. I did six uh, of my favorite... Halloween levels in non-horror games. <laughs> That's like what I did in the video, Jim. <laughs> more lightning, more decks. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Eat him and eat him. Jim, I don't want this this video flagged, but you're giving me so many ideas. <laughs> oh, I could do the medium medium thing. <laughs> I'm not here for your entertainment. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, but there's, and I said in that video, I, I picked specific, it's got to be something more Halloween related, but the amount of spooky levels or whatever you want to call them in non-horror games, they're like almost a staple in the majority of games. And Nintendo especially has, in almost all of their games, there's usually like one or two levels where it's kind of like something like that. So I wanted to ask you, Jim, what are some of the more standout, like, you always loved levels like that? Well, um, the easy ones are to go for, like, any of the Big Boo levels from Mario. So, the Haunted Castles or Big Boo's Haunt in Mario 64 or shit like mm-hmm. that. Because you always had that dynamic of, you know, the Boo, you look at it, he hides, you can't kill him, you have to go around him, shit like that. So, it always had that extra little layer to it. Um, I mentioned it when I did my 10 songs from my childhood video uh, from Shatter on the Genesis. Anytime you went into an abandoned building 
or the caves just had creepy fucking music with like the little like burning crackling wood sound that they had going on in the background and that always had the goddamn hellhounds which were just almost an instant death so you always had that little bit of like anxiety anytime you're walking from room to room because you could randomly have those and it's like oh fuck i guess i'm screwed (laughs) so but that with the music was always just set such a goddamn mood and of course then it'd be vampires and wendigos and bandersnatches in there yeah (laughs) So what drove me to make that video was when you and I did Puppeteer. Right. And, I mean, you and I said at the beginning of this episode, you love Halloween, and it's probably one of your favorite. For me, whenever a game that's not horror throws in a horror level, it's almost guaranteed, unless the gameplay is really wonky for some reason, it's almost guaranteed to be, like, my most memorable and favorite level in a game. Right. Is that kind of the same? Like, it's almost a polar opposite of when you get a bullshit, like, water level or ice level. Or sewer level. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's where you're like, oh, this just got real fun. Are you kind of the same when a game throws that your way? If it's done well, yeah. Because it's always, like, kind of like a weird tonal shift when it's all, like, dark and spooky. Yeah. Now, yeah, when I was a kid, um, that was... And it still probably is part of the reason why uh, Super Mario World is still probably my favorite Mario game. Um, Because that introduced the booze with the ghost house. And that mechanic, like you're saying, you have to look at them and they stop. Because before that game, they didn't have that. So I love... And like the, the music changed. And that was like, oh, well, like they're doing it like this. So excuse me like they would have the fog rolling across the bottom i always really love that and and as i said i kind of feel like you're losing money if you don't include something like that in any modern game like if you don't have like one level especially if you're a platformer or whatever where it's whether it's halloween spooky something most people i think appreciate that but I was yeah, really sure. curious with you. I'm trying to... Th- fuck me. Fuck me, man. I'm trying to think of, like, random Halloween levels that just, like, stick out for me. And I know they're there. They're, like, on the tip of my tongue. But, like, I'm struggling. Daddy's struggling here. Well, that... I mean, like I said, I went through the six... What I would call the better ones. But the amount of spooky levels is... Dude. You could just name so many at this point. Um... Probably my favorite spooky level that's not Halloween, but is in um, uh, Half-Life 2 when you go to Ravenhill or Ravenclaw. What the hell is that place called? I didn't play enough for Half-Life 2 to know. Okay, so basically that game, you know. Oh, that gives know, me an idea. Yeah. Go ahead. But that, that gets you, you know, that game was already like sci-fi dealing with aliens, dealing with the government, all this stuff, and then you enter this area, it's Raven something, and it's killing me. It might be Raven Hell, and it becomes straight horror. But it's almost like Evil Dead 2 horror, because <clears throat> you're dealing with all the... Uh, what the fuck are they called? The, those claw monster head things. The crab oh, heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you got your grab gun, and you just keep picking up saw blades and decapitating them as you go through this place. That level always stood out. Like, when I think of that game, that's my favorite part of that game, without a doubt. So, yeah, you know what? Here's here's the one that always sticks out for me. Fucking Quake 2, 
like I think it's the first level when you're on the prison ship and you're going through there and like all the different prison rooms have the guys who are like going crazy inside the rooms and just screaming out in horror, banging on the walls, or the ones who are just like strapped up to like the walls and crap like that, just going, Kill me, kill me. Yep. And like that freaked off fuck out of me <laughs> i was gonna say i've seen you up close and i know you don't go do very well with jump scares oh i'm a i'm a i'm a <laughs> actually i i i can get got by jump scares but my favorite jump scare that happened recently so brian this past weekend the wife and i we watched hubie halloween for those I, who don't know, I just that watched is it two weekends ago because my wife insisted, which is Jim's wife's sister, so they probably have the same mentality. And it was just right. co-host of the Murder Maidens podcast. They, they, yes, they are. Jeep plug. Um, they, they both. You know, Adam Sandler movies. I, I'm not even trying to hate on Adam Sandler movies, but the Hubie Halloween. I describe it the easiest way is imagine the Water Boy grown up. But he's super into Halloween, and he's got a thermos that can apparently do everything. But every goddamn character in that movie is a like a throwback to some Adam Sandler movie. Is the best way I'm going to describe that. Yeah, in a way. But what? Uh, wait, hold on. Before you tell me, now I'm trying to think <laughs> in that movie. Oh, Jim, the jump scare that you might have got you. No, it I, didn't get me. It got her. I didn't. Obviously, I didn't have. I looked at her after she like twitched a little bit. And it wasn't like a big one, but it was enough where like she tried to catch herself, but she couldn't. And like I'm sitting there holding her leg, and she just went. Doo, doo, doo. I was like, "Did you just? Did you just fucking jump at <laughs> Hubie Halloween?" And she was like, "No." It, it's not when he's in the basement with Steve Buscemi and he moves so fast, is it? I think it might have been that. God damn it! Because yeah, it didn't happen in the haunted house. It didn't happen in the corn maze. I think, and it must have been the basement because Al's early enough on in the movie. That's why I was trying. I'm trying to think like the scenes that could have happened. But so, Jim, let me ask you because ah. me, me and Monica just talked about this uh, movie as we were recapping it. If you had to give it a grade between A to F, you know, A plus to F, what would you give that movie, Jim? I'll give. I, I would give Hubie Halloween a C plus. Wow! Holy uh, you, shit, you are uh, generous. You know what? I wound up liking it way more than I expected to. It's not good. Do not go into it expecting a good movie or a quality comedy. But my dumbass laughed at more parts than I was expecting. So, were you mad at yourself as you laughed? Yeah, a little bit. I could see myself. I maybe I could just see myself as the guy like biking down a neighborhood and people just. Th- I, could, I I I just kept laughing every single time he was on his bike. They just kept throwing more and more shit at him. And it, but it was always bigger shit. It was like and it would just get off bigger with and eggs, bigger. and then it was like a TV or a microwave. Yeah, and there were like a couple little random lines here and there. That I was like, that was a surprisingly witty line for a modern Adam Sandler movie. So, so and like I, the, considering like I've sat through the last Missy and Jack and Jill and shit like that. Like, see, I didn't sit through those. The this is a way and Grown Ups too. Like, this is a way better Adam Sandler movie than a lot of his recent offerings. So, like, I, I would give it a C plus. Like, turn your brain off, dumb. But okay. I enjoyed it. See, I gave it a D plus because as much as I there, as you said, I love it's a very Halloween feeling movie. But oh, there completely. are some parts so interjected 
And if you want to consider us a spoiler for you, those of you who want to see Hubie Halloween. If you want to see uh, like, Hubie Halloween, skip ahead a minute and a half right yeah, now. But like the Shaq thing, it's like, oh, it's funny because <laughs> it's Shaq. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. And then when they reuse the old lady from Billy Madison and she's like, I'm asexual, but I'd hit that. It felt, remember when he's like. Oh, shit, she was from Billy Madison. Yeah. That's fucking That's right. What I'm saying, yeah, she, they reuse all their old characters, and even that chick was from uh, a Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, I, th- if they didn't have some of those, like, I, I said, we grew up, our generation grew up on Adam Sandler movies, quoting them. But I always felt like the adult humor was much higher level, like higher, like more dirty and raunchy. This one feels like it's made for kids, but they try to, like, force in potential adult humor. <laughs> the fucking t-shirts that the grandmoms yeah, exa- always wore. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah, like Those that. were fucking great. But, oh, dude, I might have, I may have ordered one of them. <laughs> oh, because I know your <laughs> wife doesn't listen to this, so that would yes. be a nice surprise for her. For her? That's for me. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, well, even better. <laughs> But no, um, yeah, it, it is a good turn-off-your-brain movie. But I think what I, I always joke, and this is an inside joke for me and Jim, so if you ain't going to get it, uh, the easiest way I can say is my wife will laugh at parts of movies that make us think of my buddy Orloff, where it's just dumb laughter, and I'm like, God damn it. Like, why are you laughing at this? It's not funny. And I, I, I can knowing, knowing Monica the way I do, I can see her laughing way too much at that movie. Way too much. And part of her laughter is because she knows when she laughs, I'm going to look at her like, you son, like, stop right now. She, she gives you the shitty grin beforehand. Oh, absolutely. You you married Orloff, Bri. Congratulations. <laughs> but, Jim, it's kind of like the same way when we were watching, like, Krampus. And a certain scene came up, and you just looked at me, and you were angry. And I laughed because I knew you were going to look at me. <laughs> just like that first death in fucking Zombieland. <laughs> <laughs> But But my point is, I laugh because I know you're going to stare at me with that hate. Because I know you're looking at me already. You fuck. (laughs) You dirty butt fucking fuck. (laughs) Listen, all I'm going to suggest is for anyone out there, if if you're willing to watch Hubie Halloween and you happen to have Hulu, there's a movie on there that Jim and I watched in college and I tell everyone to watch it. It's called Blood Diner. Is that on Hulu now? Yep. Oh, shit. It's available. Watch that. That's all I want to say. Go watch Blood Diner. (laughs) That is an experience. (laughs) All right. So, Jim, and before we move on, please let us know, are there any spooky levels that, like, are your favorite or or maybe the favorite part of a non-horror game? And let us know your reviews of Hubie Halloween. (sighs) Son of a bitch. Um, Jim, so I've included in here one of our recurring bits is we always talk about music from video games that's inspired by real life music. CC. And last week I gave Jim the actual song from the artist and I wanted him to guess the game and based on his feedback I said this week I'm giving him the song from the game. He knows this band. And I'll just say he knows the band pretty well. I don't know if you know him super well, but I know you you definitely know this band. Um, 
I don't know if you know their deep cuts, and I don't even know if this is a deep cut. I Listen should know it well song. enough, in your opinion. I'm always torn on you because some bands I think you know really well, and sometimes you throw me for a loop. But I, you and I have talked about this band so fucking much. Okay. And I can even, if you really can't get it, I'll tell you the band and see if that helps you. So okay. click on the song now, and then All tell right. everyone what the song is. And the links are below, but this is a song Jim has listened to. And you should know this song right away, like the actual video game. Well, yeah, it's from the NES Ninja Turtles game. Yep. It's the opening theme. Oh, it's, uh, what do you call it? Stone Cold Crazy by Queen? Yeah, holy shit! <laughs> you knew that already? Yeah, by the do 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 Yep. So, did you know that because you had heard this theory before, or did you just know it because of the Queen? No, I just knew it because of Queen, because, um... Like, I do like Queen, and I like that song, but an old cover band I was in, we wanted to do that, but we never got around to it, but I listened to that song a fuckload just to learn the parts, so. So you know, okay. Yeah, that one's burned into my head. <clears throat> okay, but that is a perfect example. Like, before I did research for this, I always loved that opening, and I, I'm i not a deep cuts Queen fan. I am a, I know their majors, and I might know, like, the second tier below their major hits. Yeah, it's like a C-tier song. Yeah, and I did not know this at all. And then I listened to it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty clear cut. So as Jim said, it's pretty... I think I think it's a very clear representation. It's like the same one. And based on the, how quickly you got that, you must agree. It, it's all from the main riff. Like, after it, like, goes to the other stuff, but when you hear that do-do-do-do-do-do-do, like, that's where it comes from. Yep. So both links are below. Listen for yourself. But yes, TMNT for the NES, that opening theme that probably everyone knows, it's inspired by the Queen song. So check it out below. Yeah, that's cool. I never realized that. Yeah. All right. So, Jim, speaking of reoccurring bits, we're going with our Which is Better. And uh, I'm keeping this very broad, depending on how your first answer goes. But for the NES, have you played both Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street? Very little. Okay. I was afraid of that. So, But I know enough that I can give an answer for which I think is better. Okay, so give an answer on that first. I would say Friday the 13th. Okay. What's your thoughts? Because the general gameplay is more streamlined. Like, Friday the 13th, like, it has its, you know, you have to pick the right house to go into and collect all the bones and shit like that. But at the end of the day, it's an action platformer that controls decently enough. Whereas Friday the 13th is more, um, you know, it's more cryptic with having to navigate the entire camp. And you have to fucking arc your goddamn throws for your weapon and shit like that. It, it might be a more ambitious game, but I just think actually playing it isn't as enjoyable yeah no i and as someone who's played through both of them i completely agree uh nightmare on elm street is a better game it's very straightforward it is annoying and as i said in my review there's a lot i don't like but it's a playable game friday the 13th is very easy to become frustrated between the reverse controls on the map and the system it just, it did feel way too ambitious. 
and kind of like it almost you could argue was a good idea for what the eventual Friday Thirteenth game became on this current gen. Right. Like you have multiple locations, and you know going from map to map, working with survivors, trying to find pieces. Like that's what that game is, but it just is executed very very poorly and the whole fighting jason like he's mike tyson from punch out just feels so goddamn weird and even like navigating through the um the fact that navigating through the cabins is almost like the dungeons from like fantasy star yeah it's like the hallways and like you know you don't have a map and shit like that so you have to like know where you're going you can get lost even in a small I see space. that shit like 3D Monster Maze, which is like one of the first horror games ever. So yeah, it's it's rough. All right, so I figured it would be kind of quick on the game aspect, but franchise-wise, which one do you prefer? I'm just curious, like from the movies. Um, I would probably go Friday the Thirteenth again, just because. You mean it's wait wait wait? You mean Nightmare or Nightmare on Elm Street? Street Nightmare on okay. Elm Street, yeah. Um, just because it's like that was always like a more creative kind, and I don't want to try and fucking rip off Red Light, Red Lighter Media right now because they just went through a bunch of uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies. But like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street in general is just more like creative. Like there's a lore behind Freddy. Like the kills are so over the top and ridiculous. The whole world setting's different. Whereas like Nightmare or where Friday the Thirteenth, they almost didn't know what they wanted Jason to be until like six movies in. And then he became, like, this mythical killing machine where it went from, like, mom to, like, kid out of nowhere who you thought was dead before, but now he's back. And then to, like, monster and then imposter and then monster again and then God. So it was, like, kind of weird. I mean, way more tits in Friday the 13th, so that's always a plus. But, so, yeah, do I, do I measure tits versus creativity? And for me, that is unironically a very tough struggle. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm definitely Friday the 13th. Um, it might seem petty. I could never get as behind, like, Freddy was, as you're putting it, creative or, like, he had more humor, obviously. His character, he was a, you know what it is? He was, like, a mouthpiece, like, if you're comparing it to wrestling, like, he's a shitty, like, not the greatest wrestler, but he's a good talker. And Jason was like, Brock Lesnar, come in there and fucks everyone up. Right. Um, and the thing, and it was from the time I was a kid, once I realized what Freddy was, he was like, like a child molester and like a child killer. I right away like grew to like really hate him. Whereas Jason, I was like, he was a poor kid that was picked on, drowned, and now he's getting revenge. Like... And then it goes, obviously, beyond when he becomes a zombie insects and all that. But ultimately, I always looked at him like as a Space more sympathetic... <laughs> well, yeah, he, as a more sympathetic character. Like, I never had sympathy for Fre- for Freddy. No there's, no, there's no sympathy for Freddy, but does that make him a better horror villain, though? Well, that's my point, is, like, Jason, like, part of his drive is what I kind of liked and how indestructible like Freddy was kind of a bitch. Once you got him out of dream world. Right. And even in the dream world, he started getting fucked up. Like there was never really a movie like the first second one. He was a little slapsticky, but like even in three and four, he was pretty tough to kill. And then obviously with five, when it was that imposter and it doesn't count, but I kind of liked that like indestructibleness of him. 
Um, and once we had Freddy versus Jason, the movie, which is still one of my favorite crossover movies. I don't care what anyone says. That movie is funny as like tinge. That Flintstones meets the Jetsons. <laughs> um, Look, Brian, let's put it this way. One of them says how sweet dark meat. I one doesn't. I know. Like and there's part, there's part of like the, and especially once Kane Hodder got in the role, like Jason, he, 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 he actually, and it's funny because red letter media said the same thing. They're like once Kane Hodder got in there, like he actually became a character. Like yes. he had like a real like feel it, to him. Yeah, his body language and everything. Like he got his character and even some humor to a degree from Kane Hodder. Yeah. Uh, whereas Freddy was always like more on the nose. Like I'm gonna throw a one liner and his kills. Like you said, they're creative in a sense because they're always in Dream World. But I even remember Dream Warriors to me was the apex. The second movie was obviously a, it was what it was, but um, after that, I even felt like although they were cool, the kills became so ridiculous that it took you out of it. And and Jason, not to say punching a dude's head off wasn't ridiculous, <laughs> but it was like it felt way more brutal because it was happening in real time to real people. Right? How many people do you think were thrown through windows to their death by Jason? Um, well, Jim, I actually did a count up of this. Jesus goddamn Christ. That should not be your answer. <laughs> and it was roughly about three, but his total body count is about 200 something. Whereas when, the, for, when the fuck did you go to all them? Remember, you did your goddamn I, list in you. you I did made your fucking a video lists. on it for that one for, I, I don't even call it a site. It, it's just uh, the YouTube channel I made because I wanted to excuse to make my Oh, your horror channel, kills. yeah. Yeah, so I counted up all of his kills, and I put a video together. It still gets crazy views, and I love the comments on them, too. But literally, I just counted up every kill from all of the Friday the 13th, and then specifically Jason. So it's one of those where, yeah, his body count is just untouchable to everyone else. The only killer that comes close, and that's because of the new movies, is Michael Myers. And that last Halloween, he had, like, a body count of, like, 20-something. Before then, he was a little light. Yeah. But Freddy doesn't really have that big of a body count. No, his numbers were never high. But yeah. That's because, like, you had, like, fucking Jason, like, 4 and 6 that were just, like, they just kept throwing characters at you. And you're like, oh, this guy's about to die. No, yeah, no. It, that His movies were a just... They were the epitome of every 80s and 90s movie that made fun of slasher movies were because of Jason. Because... It was just a body count thing. Um, and the kills, you would just be like, what's he going to do now? With Freddy, I will say, that first movie, like, the idea of something coming at you in your dreams was terrifying. Like, that is fucked up. Because you're right. like, I can't get away from that. Um, but like I said, as it went on, it got a little goofy with some of the movies. So. You know what? Yeah, because I, I will say, like, it's kind of funny. The Jason movies almost got, like, better. Not... Well, I, I guess I can they say They did better. get better, yeah. Yeah, they get better where the Friday the 13th got worse over time. Yes. And the first Friday the 13th, obviously, with it being his mother, like, it's still a good, like, the kills, like, especially because Tom Zavini's doing the stuff, like, the kills are still done so great. It's just, like, that's not even Jason. And he doesn't even get the mask till number three. But even right. to that point, like, like you said, I mean, four is great. Three and four I actually really like. Five, it's not Jason, so whatever. Six is probably my favorite because that's when he becomes zombie Jason and some of the kills are ridiculous. And then you get Kane Hodder in seven. 
And then, like, you know, Jason goes to Hells where it gets a little goofy. But then Jason in Space is that perfect mix of it's just beyond I, I fucking, goofy. I fucking love Jason X. I fucking Dude, love it. I Here's the deal. It's like, so stupid, but it's so great. We talked about Hubie Halloween and you had enjoyment. I don't care who you are. If you watch Jason X, when he freezes the girl's face and smashes it, it's like Sub-Zero. Like, you can't not just laugh at that. When he's just whacking the one in the body pack like a sack of potatoes. Yes, dude. That is... That's what I'm saying. Like, the Jason X becomes, is fucking great. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at... and I might, I might the, be changing my answer. You might have convinced me. And then the ultimate convincing is I look at... If you look at the remake side by side... Oh, God. I hate the Nightmare on Elm Street Oh, remake. God, those fucking... Yeah, I'm... Oh, God, they got Rorschach to be Freddy, and, like, you just took all the fun out of them. And in the Friday the 13th, you talk about boobies. Some of the best damn boobies I've seen in film. And Jason is just still just as brutal. Like, when he kills the girl through the dock with the machete and pulls her up, and oh, then, like, yeah. she slides off. Like, it's just... Yeah, the remake is so one-sided. That's why I gotta stick Friday thirteenth. Ah, oh, God, you might be fucking right on this. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think overall Jason's a better character, or no, Freddy's a better character when he's done right, but he isn't done right enough. So, yeah, exactly. I guess I gotta go, goddamn Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the franchise, <laughs> the franchise. Yeah. yeah. If we're talking character, I still say Freddy, but franchise, Jason's better. All right, fine. nice. So let us know what you think below, guys. Taking everything into account, we're saying. You know, character, kills, movies, all of it. What is your favorite franchise? And also answer the question, do you really prefer one or the other as far as video games for the NES only? Because obviously there's not, there is no real follow-up for Nightmare on Elm Street, but there is a follow-up for Friday the 13th. Which it's kind of crazy game. there's never been another Nightmare on Elm Street kind of game. Dude, it's so, it's beyond crazy. And there may be a... Excuse me, there may be another six-pack video coming soon to talk about that, about Freddy and video games. Ah, oh, there you go. All right, so, Jim, speaking of controversial, not that we were, but fuck you. Uh, <laughs> overrated, underrated. You mentioned this game. Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Because... You hit the nail on the head when I said 16-bit horror. And right yeah. away you said Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Um, and it is one of those games when everyone I talk to, when you think and when you talk about Zombies Ate My Neighbors, that first stage music, like that goes in your head. The goofiness, the whatever. But when I start, like, really diving in with people, number one, the amount of people who have ever actually beat it is pretty slim. Yeah. Unless you really dive into it. And it's always that one, like, oh, man, I did love that game. But when you really dive into it, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, it was fun because it has all this horror. Did you beat it? What did you think of the gameplay after a certain point? It falls off really quickly. And I was struggling myself with this question because I'm not trying to set you up. I'm asking legitimately. The game as a whole, and not just nostalgia, everyone loves the shit out of it. Some people put it as, like, the best horror co-op game ever. Yeah. Would you say it's overrated or underrated? Damn. It's a tough one. It's a, Damn. Because we love this game. You and I, I know, love this game, but I, if, if I'm being unbiased, I'm like... 
Ooh. <laughs> yeah, because like I absolutely love it. It was a huge part of my childhood. Yep. But I've also never legitimately beaten it. Yeah. And my How many levels are there? Fifty some? Yeah. I think there's like fifty six. And my my roadblock just hit my fucking mic. My roadblock has always been that goddamn snakeoid level. I think it's level <laughs> twenty one. And when I'm trying to play legitimately, I've always gotten to there and I think I've actually beaten it legitimately once. So okay. either you save all of your uh, skeleton keys until that level to save it just to blast through it and not get any of the special items from any of the other levels, or if they have the special Frankenstein fight or shit like that, you either do that or you just try to grind away at the fucking snakes. And you grind and you grind and you use up all your fucking weapons to kill a fucking snake or two, and you know what? They might not drop a fucking key. And then you're just kind of <laughs> done. But this God is damn, part of I love the game. Fuck. What you're pointing out is part of my problem with the game. The it starts off so strong and you're having so much fun, but the game wears on you so fast. Like past level, I don't know what, maybe twelve, thirty. I would, when you I would, start I would realizing, say, yeah. Once you get past like level fifteen, unless like you have it down to a science, that's yeah. when you're down to like two or three survivors left and. Like, it's just a rush to try and not let your survivors die and get there as quick as you can to blast through the levels. Like It's always one of those games, like you and I have said, with so many games. It wears out its welcome a little. Like, it almost offers you too much as far as number of levels. It's like, it's it, I would I would equate it to, like, Kid Cool. Like, there's too many levels. Chameleon. It becomes too... Or a Kid Chameleon, I'm sorry. It becomes too hard, and it's like, you can do it, but the At way you have to... At least it gives you passwords. Well, that's true. But what I'm saying is, is like, yeah, like, is that the mark of a good game? Like, like you're saying, ultimately, to get the way, unless you're just someone who knows everything down to the very minute details. Yeah. Is that the way you want to play a game? Or should you be able to be a little more relaxed and just have fun with it? See, it's one I want to be relaxed and have more fun, but I think with the passwords being built in every four levels, like, I don't feel bad using them if, like, it's, like, almost like a checkpoint. Mm-hmm. So, I still, for it's weird. It's almost like I'm going against, like, everything I've ever said before about games. Because <laughs> I really should just say it's completely overrated because I've never been able to beat it because it just gets too fucking hard and it's too samey after a while. But goddamn, I do love how, like, they have a good balance of varying the levels and the locations through, like, every set of levels that you go through. And they introduce more as you go on. Even though it does get... Ugh, fuck me, man. Shit. That's what's tough. And that's I don't, I don't want to say overrated. I don't want to say overrated. I know you one. don't want to, but this is part of what I was thinking about. I, I went through everything you're going through now because I was like, same deal. Ultimately, it is samey. Yes, they introduced, but like after you hit a certain point, you're like, okay, kind of over and over and over again. I here here's where I'll, I almost wish I I, I like, want to nuance yeah, you, my like answer. You've seen, like you've seen everything by level twenty, basically. Yeah, and I want to nuance it. Like for horror co-op, it's really the first one where I feel like I had the most fun. Now I do think there's some horror co-op games I've had more fun since them, but. 
being young, being the horror fan I was, I was like, God damn. But when I think about it, if I'm single player especially, playing by myself, ooh, it's kind of like... And it's not even just as too tough. It's all the reasons we're saying. It's samey. It just gets grindy. It gets to a point where you just got to do the best you can. And, you, and the fun is kind of takes a back seat after a certain amount of levels. Yeah, fun turns into stress because you only have a couple survivors left. Yes. So, ooh. That's why I had to throw it in here, Jim. Damn, this, <laughs> might, this might be the hardest one yet. Because really... Really, technically, it probably is overrated, but fuck do I love it. And that's my point, is everyone who talks about this game, they think of the first couple levels. And they think, yeah, when I'm playing with my friend, it's, oh, you got the water gun, you're shooting the zombies. They're not thinking 20 levels, 30 levels in. Well, it's funny when, like, you talk about it online and people are like, oh, man, the fucking baby always killed me. And I'm just sitting there like, dude, just drink a monster <laughs> potion and you can wreck them. Like, what are you doing? But, yeah. like... But that's my point. That's a, that is where people's mindset goes. Like, oh, it's crazy, the baby. They usually stop there, and and that's like level seven, if that. Yeah. So it's kind of weird when so many people love it. Like I said, but like, if I talk to people who have ever legitimately beat it, versus like, I'm sure you can YouTube people, but I'm talking about yeah. our friends. Dude, how many people did you know that actually beat that legit? No one. That's what I'm saying, man. Is that a mark of a good game? Like, and it's not just, oh, it's hard. Because no one talks about in the grand pantheon of hard games. No one puts that Yeah, no one ever puts it up there. But, like, if you try to beat it without, like, if you just try to do a straight playthrough without uh, using the passwords. passwords. God damn. That's what I mean. And it's never even in the top 50 toughest games. Yeah. As we're talking about. That's like a a really low-key tough game, just because... You get the password every four levels, but uh, uh-huh. fuck! <laughs> God damn it, Jim! Would you say <sighs> this is so hard? It's spooky. Spooky, <laughs> spooky, spooky, Halloweeny. Hubie. Damn it! What was, was Hubie doing with his thermos? <laughs> that thermos had me laughing. God. Damn it! Stupid. Did you laugh movie. when he used it into a vacuum? If you did, I'm gonna hate you. A little bit. <laughs> God damn it. Or when it was a grappling hook. Or when it was yes. else. Ah, uh, God damn it. But, um, fuck. Jim, basically. Fine, fine, fine. Ne- it's fine. It's overrated. Fine. It's not It's not <laughs> balanced. And it gets very samey. But God damn it, do I fucking love it. But it is overrated if you're going into the technical side of things. Yeah. I, I, I honestly tried to think of... And, if I'm not counting nostalgia, so I'm not tr- counting. Yes, if I'm not counting nostalgia, and I'm not counting how much I do love the design and the int- like the the use of like weapons where it keeps it childish and and the co-op is really the fun. Yeah, it is. It, unfortunately, it is under it, it or overrated. I want to say underrated, like Jim. It is one of my favorite. It's too it's too imbalanced, and you throwing in Kin Chameleon was almost a perfect fucking comparison. If you're trying to just blow through the whole game, if they kept it to 25 levels, I feel like it would be. It would probably be it would probably be close to perfect if it was like 25 levels. Yeah, because even like having Snakeoids and that bullshit at level 21, it would still be like beatable. Yes. Yeah. So we know 
as you see, Jim and I are struggling like a motherfucker. Like, we, this is tough. We love this game. But, goddamn, if it's not, you know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you. I'm we we love graphics we love the enemies we love the weapons we love the music that's all well and good but outside of that like jim and i are pointing out let us know if you do think this is underrated and try your best to and it has all the secrets it. it has so many secrets it has i mean hey it, did we actually did we review this one yeah we did well, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure we would have had to give replayability, if not an 8, a 10. Because uh, I don't know secrets. off the top of my head, but... I mean, Secrets, uh, multiplayer, the game offered a ton of stuff. You for sure got the best bang out of your buck back in the day by buying this game. Oh, yeah. So, let us know in the comments below. Jesus fucking Christ, six years ago? God, why the fuck are we doing with our lives? <laughs> Jim, we're having fun. Yeah, we have nothing else. <laughs> so let us know what you think below. Give us legit reasons, and like I said, try your best. Leave nostalgia out of it, because if it was nostalgia, Jim and I would have said underrated for sure. Yeah. But with that, Jim, how did those? Uh, I'm sorry, to, sorry to break you down like that. That really, that really fucking broke me. That was the hardest one we've ever done. <laughs> I know. As soon as I. I wrote it in, and as soon as I did, I said, oh, this will, we could find underrated. And I said, oh, shit, maybe we can't. <laughs> God, God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> so, Jim, how'd that pumpkin nitro treat you? You know what? This is weird. Because it's okay. really good, full of flavor, got a good amount of booze, but I'm not in love with it. Like, Do you like the original pumpkin better? Yeah. Okay. I think I like this sweeter end of the original pumpkin more where this i don't know what it is it almost feels like it's too much like it's no. almost trying too hard yeah i felt the same way i like the original pumpkin it's a little more subtle yeah this one is like, it's packed. very in your face it's very yes. in your face with like everything like the foaminess the creaminess the spiciness the booziness it's all just like very amplified yeah and as i said the punkless dunkle I would probably pick this over the Master of Pumpkins. Um, this one is good if you like very bare minimal pumpkin flavored beer. That's not going to blow your socks off. And it's just going to be like, oh, okay, I'm trying it. This one is different because, like I said, compared to all other pumpkin beers, for being a wheat beer, you get a different type of flavor. And it just doesn't taste like every other pumpkin beer. But it is a bit stronger, so I am going to warn you, don't drink too many of these, because you will be on your ass really fast. Yeah, so, I mean, these are 8.6, so I'm right behind you right there. Yeah. So, with that, everyone, we want to say thank you so much. Make sure you have a safe and happy Halloween. Hope you guys enjoy yourselves. And if you haven't already, please make sure hit subscribe, follow us on all all forms of social media but specifically come over to our youtube page hit subscribe follow all of our videos and with that everyone we want to say have a good night and cheers and happy halloween